Ladies and gentlemen, it is the dog days for the NBA, but we have a whole Timberwolves offseason to recap and a whole season upcoming to preview. Let's get right into business. Welcome to the first ever episode of Land of 10,000 Hoops. I'm Nolan. I'm Joe. Uh, we're a couple college kids here hosting a podcast for you guys. Uh, you might know that already from our first podcast, but we're switching up the theme here. Uh, we're switching from kind of all NBA. We're going to be just focusing on Minnesota basketball here, Minnesota Timberwolves, and, and Minnesota Gophers basketball. Mm-hmm. So what do we got today, Nolan? Uh, today we're going to be starting off with the off-season recap. We're going to be covering a lot of different things, but we're going to start off with that. I think the first thing to mention is the being in an option for the for D'Angelo Russell in this offseason. Um, I think it was good that we were even in it. Um, yeah. I think Towns is a tempting player to play with. Uh, I think he's kind of overlooked in general by the NBA, but he's he's a superstar. He's all that. Yeah, I'm, I mean, I'm really excited that we are even in the running for D'Angelo Russell. I mean, it's obviously disappointing that we didn't get him. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, our number one goal right now is to keep Carl Anthony Towns happy. And I personally think that even being in the running for D'Angelo is something that probably made him happy. I mean, I'm obviously disappointed. I mean, what do you think? 100%. Uh, D'Angelo Russell, he's he's a very talented player. He's young as well. Um, I mean, you kind of you saw the the beginning stages of both their careers in the NBA. Didn't you see like they have they had a solid friendship, isn't that what it was? I mean, yeah, I think that was the main reason that I we think, were even in the running for it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But certainly when when the Suns and the Lakers kind of looked like they weren't going to get him, I really felt like we had a chance to to get him and mm. I, I even heard on a different podcast I think it was John Krasinski's podcast uh Gerson was on there and even said that if the Warriors hadn't swooped in and got him we had a deal ready to go uh, I'm pretty intrigued to see what that would have been but mm-hmm. whatever yeah it's whatever um that would have been a good player to have on our team but I mean we saw obviously his kind of breakout season second was second or third was he second or third in running for most improved player he was a sec- he was second, he was a second in, most in, in most improved player. Um, he's always been like a solid player throughout his career, but this was kind of more so his breakout season, kind of showing it out in front of everyone, which is which is very impressive for for given his age. Yeah, I mean, and he was second in most improved. It, it almost makes me think that, I mean, this doesn't happen too often, but it could be kind of a fluke season. Okay. My opinion is that if it doesn't work out with the Warriors, I know that they're saying that he's their guy, that they're going to keep him. Yeah. But... Honestly, I think it's, I think it's more so that they're not gonna try to keep him as his guy, but as the guy or a guy for the team. But they kind of just want to see how he fits into their system and if he'll implement well. So, uh, do I think the Warriors is gonna be a long term kind of team for him? If I'm being real with you, no. I mean, we'll see. Obviously, he has a good three point shot, but I think D'Angelo Russell is more so like more so an isolation pass kind of point guard almost. Yeah, my take. Then fitting into a system like you see Clay Thompson and those set shooters, but I don't think. That's the role for D'Angelo Russell. Yeah, my take on it is uh, if D'Angelo doesn't fit into their system like they thought he would, I definitely think that they just secured him just to get some value back yeah. for Kevin Durant. Yep. Just kind of a placeholder. Come trade deadline time, if Clay's getting close to returning, which he could possibly for the playoffs, I could definitely see us... I mean, our interest in D'Angelo Russell is not going to waver. Mm-hmm. I could definitely see us trying to make a deal for him using Robert Covington, a deal mm-hmm. center around those guys. Yeah. And I'd be more than... Obviously, like, giving up Robert Covington for a player like D'Angelo Russell, I think that's the right move. Um, yeah, so look out for that. I mean, that's a long ways away, but that could be yeah, that could be a really big deal. Sky's through the roof of D'Angelo Russell, in my opinion. I think if he finds a good place, if he finds a good home, 
uh, I think he can really succeed in the NBA and be an all-star player for the rest of his, basically the rest of his career until age hits him. So. Yeah. So, otherwise, some of the other additions we got were obviously pretty underwhelming. You talk about Noah Vonley, Jake Lehman, uh, Shabazz Napier, a couple of guys on one-year deals. Doesn't, Jake, really, doesn't doesn't really do a thing for me. I mean, you can go on about Jake Jake Lehman. Jake Lehman was the only guy we got on a on a multi-year deal, so it looks like he might be a guy that we're gonna try to keep. But other than that, I guess the other guys are it's kind of like an audition for him. I mean, it's a lot of guys that have a chance to improve. I mean, you talk about Noah Vonley, Jordan Bell, really cheap contracts. Yeah, I mean, I think they're good to pick up, but I think we're not gonna get anything more than what they have been previously. Like you look at Noah Vonley. I mean, wasn't wasn't there a big hype around him coming in the league, and then he kind of just hit a big down a big downhill almost. Yeah, I mean, he had a decent year with the with the Knicks last last season. Um, I heard that Gerson and Ryan Saunders are giving him the go to take threes this year. Okay, we'll see how that goes. But honestly, if any of these guys stick around for next year, they're lucky. Um, they're just kind of on one year deals, just because just. From what I know about Gerson is that he wants to keep it open for a max max slot next year. Do you know what salary cap we're gonna have next year? We're gonna have one. We're gonna have the ability to have a max slot. The only problem is uh, there's not many uh, big time free agents next summer. I mean, yeah, that's we're gonna, a big thing too. I mean, you kind of look at Minnesota and it doesn't. It's not the most appealing team to play for. If if we're being all honest with people, I mean, a lot of yeah. people look at the bigger markets. Like you look at New York, you look at LA, and those are the most targeted teams in the NBA. I mean... It's tough for a small market team. It's very tough for a small market team, but I mean... But Towns is intriguing. I mean, Towns is intriguing. Yep, we have pieces. I mean, Wiggins, maybe potentially too. I mean, he's still young. He's still developing. So that's another piece as well. Those are two uh, pretty... pretty. At least, at least Wiggins is a pretty solid player to maybe draw someone in. But I mean, I mean we'll see. We're still a small, small market team. We're, we're in Minnesota. So I mean, yep. it's, it's a little more difficult. And the other thing I'm... I'll be interesting to see how it works, but Gerson is the type of guy. He was in Houston with uh, Daryl Morey, and their goal was to just accumulate as many stars as you can. So, okay. I mean, I don't know how that's going to work out here. I mean, we have he's keeping that max slot open for next year. That's probably why we didn't bring back Tyus. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, Houston's a little bit more of a destination for, for big-time players. I don't know I how mean, it's going to work yeah, here. They have Russell Westbrook now as well, as well as James Harden. Yeah, so we know how they work. Arguably the but, best scorer in the NBA. Yeah. The best scorers of all time. That's undisputed. Is he, yeah, he might be better than Michael Jordan. We're not going to get on that topic. <laughs> We're not going to get on that topic right now, ladies and gentlemen. But you look at Harden and, I mean, you even look at, what, his 60-point nights. How many 60-point games does he have? A lot. Yeah, I don't, know what, I don't know. I don't know why we're talking about Harden. At I don't this know why we're talking about Harden at this point. Kind of sidetracked, but we'll get back on topic, boys. Yeah. So off-season recap: D'Angelo's gone. We've keeping that max slot or keeping that max slot open for next next summer, even mm-hmm. though not many guys are going to be there. Who's the? Do you know who's the top? Like we. Uh, I mean, honestly, there's. It's like Draymond who's not going in. Oh no, Draymond just signed an extension. Yep. Um, Pascal Siakam. Uh, look up the the top free agents for for uh, summer of twenty twenty. We'll just cut this part out. Okay. Top three players. Okay. All right. Okay. So starting at the top, Anthony Davis obviously is not going to be going to Minnesota. He's not going to Minnesota. Pascal Siakam. Let's, I can let's see. Just be, be, let's just be realistic. We have. He's a restricted free agent. Restricted free agent. We obviously have a bias because of our Timberwolves fans, but we'll try to be <laughs> as realistic as we possibly. Yeah. Let's just Davis, go down the line. Pascal. No Pascal. I don't. He's a restricted. He's no not going to come to us. Ingram, no. No. Jalen Brown, especially being on the Boston Celtics, most definitely I don't think he's going anywhere. 
Kyle Lowry, I won't even want him. I won't even want him. No. He's old, and I really don't think he's that solid of a player. Especially with our young core, I don't think he would mesh that well. How old is Kyle Lowry? Is he he's like 35? He's 34, I think. 34? Okay. DeMar DeRozan, player option. I don't see no. him coming. He's Honestly, like, looking down this list. Otto Porter. Other than role players, there's not yeah, much for 2020. Bulls. Player option. The, he's going to take him. his player option. He's going to take his player yeah. option, you think? Buddy Heald. I mean... There's not if, much if for 2020. Offer, there's not that much in 2020. 2021 is pretty loaded. I Montrose mean, it's, it sucks being a fan and waiting for that long to... I feel like that's kind of in the story of Minnesota Timberwolves basketball, though, honestly. I could definitely see us trying to make a trade, though. I mean, Bradley Beal is obviously somebody we have interest in. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Wizards are definitely like going to be rebuilding. I feel like he'd fit pretty good in our system, too. We have a ton of wings, we but... We have a ton of wings, but, I mean, I feel like we need... We need a, a very, very solid three-point shooter, even though we have... We can, we'll can we'll talk about Carl Anthony Towns in a little bit. But I think a wing with a solid, solid three-point shot would help our team a lot. Yeah, let's move on. Uh, what do you think about the draft? What do I think about the draft? Um, I mean, do you want to cover this first? Because you obviously have more more knowledge about Jared Culver in general. Because you, you, you like... Yeah, him. I'll give you my, my first initial thoughts about the draft. I mean, leading up to the draft, I really wanted to make a trade. And we did that just hours before the 2019 NBA draft. And we made that trade. We moved into that sixth spot. And I thought we were either going to get Kobe White or Darius Garland. Uh, when we ended up with Culver, honestly, my first thought was, are we getting another Andrew Wiggins? I mean, <laughs> I really did not want another player who's going to take bad mid-range shots. I have a question for you because this is this is the, the main one who I felt like slipped in the draft completely. Um I think I think Cam Reddish would have been a good addition for our team. I don't know if I mean Jared Culver. Obviously, he's a good defensive player. You look at him as a as a solid wing player. He's he's got the defense there offensively. I mean, he's shown some flashes. I mean, what'd you say? His release is a little slow. Honestly, it, it is right now. But I, I think mean, it's I, not I think that, I think that's something that can be developed. Who'd you say you'd rather take? Who'd I was looking at. I wanted Darius Garland to be honest with you. I think he has the potential to be a superstar uh, point guard. The, okay. the potential. I don't think that. He, it's guaranteed or anything. Yep. Yeah, my first thought of Jared Culver right when we drafted him was I was not happy about the pick. My mind just kind of drifted to the final four where he just did not really show out. Mm-hmm. He took a lot of shots. He took a lot of mid-range shots and took a lot of misses. Mm-hmm. But honestly, looking back at, at more Jared Culver highlights, I'm a little bit more impressed. He's a lot. He does a lot more than Andrew Wiggins, in my mm-hmm. opinion. He's a better playmaker. I think he's going to be a better rebounder, and he's going to be a better defender. I think, I think he has a better basketball, basketball IQ as well. Yeah, I mean, I'm not super pissed about about the pick. I think this this league is a wing-dominated league right now. Yeah. And you need dominant wings who are going to be a playmaker and a scorer. I think you can develop into that. I think you can develop more as a scorer. Is, isn't he a phenomenal defensive player? He is in college. He is in college, yeah. So obviously that's going to translate to some degree in the NBA. Um, the defense is, is there. The offense, I mean, he has... He, has he scored at a high rate. I mean... yeah. And you even look at his field goal percentage up above fifty percent. I was su- super surprised when I looked at the stats. Very his field goal, player. yeah, he was an efficient player. He was not in the Final Four. I mean, I watched him at US Bank Stadium here in Minneapolis, but that was just tough, you know. Um, yeah. When we drafted him, that was where my mind went. But yeah. I'm all right with it. Yeah, I'm all right with it too. Um, do you think? Do you think uh, Jared Culver over Cam Reddish? Though that was my biggest one. I don't know. I think honestly, Cam, I think Cam Reddish is the biggest sleeper. And I think he's going to fit very well in the Atlanta Hawks. I'm it's interesting because he had a very underwhelming year at Duke. It could have been because of his situation alongside Zion, alongside R.J. Barrett. 
he was originally like a, a top four projected draft pick. I mean, you look at players from Duke, and I mean, you could see you could see a story coming out of Cam Reddish. I mean, I feel like his potential was just untapped. Like the, yeah. his full potential was untapped in college, and I think he's gonna get more of an opportunity on the Atlanta Hawks with Trey Young and John Collins. They have a very solid young core, one of the best young cores. They also in the NBA. took DeAndre Hunter. They also took pick. DeAndre Hunter. We are oh my yeah wait Trey Hunter. Yup, DeAndre Hunter as well. Um, the Atlanta Hawks give them a couple years, couple years to like five maybe. They could be, they could be in contention. Yeah, they could be in contention. We'll see how that goes. We'll see how that goes. But honestly, thoughts about the draft. I think Jared Culver fits into our system right now because we have a lot of good defensive wings. You go down the lineup, not Andrew Wiggins, <laughs> uh, but imagine us a, a starting lineup. Or, it wouldn't be a starting lineup, but a lineup of. I feel like we just need to develop our offense more, so at least. Yeah, and then we. Got, I mean. Covington. Who has like a really solid offensive presence on the Minnesota Timberwolves? Obviously, Carlton Towns. I feel like he's more so lacking defense. Yeah, I I think Carlton Towns I mean, obviously at, is at Josh Kobe. You look at jo- Jeff Teague. Jeff Teague's a pretty. What would you say? Like man to man defensive player. He's a pretty good. Def- Definitely, player. Josh Kogi is a great. Josh Kogi. I, I was saying Josh Covington. Kogi. Oh, Jeff Teague. Yeah, Jeff Teague. Yeah, he's just okay. Not... Kogi. He needs to develop his offensive game, but his defensive game is there. You look at Robert Covington, obviously, um, one of the best defensive players in the league. Um, but honestly, I just th- I feel like Jared Culver can fit into a system where there's a lot of long defensive wings. A Kogi, Covington, Jared Culver in a lineup together is going to be tough to score against. That's just my opinion. Mm-hmm. No, I agree with your opinion completely. I mean, we've had we've had defense defensive struggles for many years. Yeah. So we'll this could be a, a little bit of a change. Uh, Thibodeau couldn't do anything about the defense. Yeah. All right, so yeah, that's my thoughts on the draft. Well, I mean, you you're taking Cam Reddish as a sleeper. I'm taking Cam Reddish. Also, I'm taking Tyler Harrow as a sleeper. I mean, you saw him in the summer league. I think that he has a lethal three point shot, and I think that will translate very well into the NBA, especially on the Miami Heat. Okay, that's just my opinion. If I it, pick two sleepers, it's those two. I mean, I'll take someone right now as a sleeper pick. Um, I mean, obviously, my sleeper or, pick. Okay, I mean, you look at Kevin Porter Jr. as well. Picked three overall. Yeah, he was uh, voted the biggest steal of the draft uh, yeah. by. By his uh, okay, if I if peers. I pick three, Kevin Porter Jr., Tyler Harrell, and Cam Reddish are the biggest sleepers. My guys going into the summer league this year, little. As I'll well. be honest with you, I I was big on Brandon Clark, and I was right. Dude won summer league MVP. I was huge on him, and I was, I'm pretty high on Rui Hachimura as well. Two guns. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like that. I like I like that pick. As He's well. got the size and and the ability to an offensive game, where actually he didn't start playing basketball until pretty late in his in his life. And don't you look at that? When did Giannis start playing basketball? Obviously, I, I I'm not comparing know. the two. I'm just saying. I'm just saying he's. Yeah, I agree with you. Yeah. Uh, that's not the best comparison, but I see no, where, you, I was, see where you're going. Yeah, that wasn't my comparison, but that's, yeah, that's, I see that's where more you're going. So starting late because I'm I'm not sure when Giannis started because obviously, um, given his background and his circumstances were a lot more difficult, um, from where he's from, and he yeah. I'm pretty sure he started later than than the typical. And that's how I feel about Rui Hachimura. He did not play much his freshman year at Gonzaga, but just improved so much every year. And the biggest knocks on him right now are kind of like his his basketball IQ, which, mm-hmm. I mean, that could that could be a fair knock on him, but yeah. I feel like that can definitely improve. Yeah. The I things that he has are too. his size and he has his, his scoring ability, which are two things that are pretty good to have in your back pocket. I mean, you look at the Washington Wizards as well. Obviously, he's going to get a lot of touches. He definitely will. Most definitely will. Is John Wall back or is he still No, injured? he's going to be out for the year. He's out for the year? Okay. So he's most definitely going to get a lot of touches. He's probably going to go in as the third best player. Am I missing anyone? Um, I mean, 
Who am I? Auto, I mean, Bradley Beal one, Otto Porter two. Bradley Beal's their whole team. Yeah, Brad, Bradley Beal's their whole team. Now. Then they got Otto Porter, and now they have... It'll be, it'll be fun to watch how bad they get if they trade Bradley Beal. That'll yeah. be really interesting. Yeah. <laughs> bad bad for John Wall as well. And I'm gonna take one, it's kind of sad to see, but... I'm going to take one more guy. Like wait, who was your other one? Matisse Thibel. Wait, uh, wait, wait, who's your other one? Him? Brandon Clark, Rui Hachimura, okay. both Gonzaga guys, and then I like Matisse Thibel as well. He's not going to be a superstar, but he's just an unreal defender. The best college defender I've ever seen. I mean, I haven't... I watch a lot of college basketball, and he's the best college defender I've ever seen. So okay. those are my three guys. Okay, strong claim, but okay. We're going to move on from the draft. All right. Uh, let's gear back towards a little Timberwolves talk. We can talk about how the, the schedule has come out recently. Mm-hmm. Uh, what, what did you see about the schedule that you liked? Or just what are your thoughts on the schedule? Um, so, I mean, towards the beginning and the end of the season, we're going to be playing some high-profile teams. I mean, we're going to be going up against the the new-look Brooklyn Nets. And, I mean, they still don't even have Kevin Durant now. But, I mean, they added Kyrie Irving, and obviously they have good pieces. To, in, in, uh, on and the then team. the home opener. So, the home we're, we're playing them in the home opener as well? No, we're playing Miami. You didn't hear about this. We played... The schedule just came out, and we are playing the Miami Heat in the home opener against Jimmy Butler. Oh, yeah. I so we will. I forgot the Heat pick of Jimmy Butler as well, so we'll, we'll see how that plays out. Uh, it's kind of funny. I actually was a big Jimmy Butler fan before he came to the Minnesota Timberwolves, yeah. mm-hmm. but because of the trade and I think trading away two, like well, three valuable players well, with one of the picks, Laurie Markkinen, we probably would have picked up Laurie Markkinen. Yeah. So Laurie Markkinen, Zach Levine, Chris Dunn, two very solid young, very, very solid young players. Levine's most definitely going to, I think he's going to be an all-star this season. Tibbs traded, Tibbs made the big trade for I Jimmy mean, Butler. Jimmy Butler came Chris in. Chris Dunn as well. We, oh he gosh. is not doing that great, but. I mean, he's another solid defensive player. He is. Yeah, so we, we will not have to wait long uh, to boo Jimmy Butler in target center. That would be a fun game to go to. Just yeah. He's just going to get booed. So that's how the, the season starts off pretty strong with, with in terms of high-profile games with uh, Brooklyn and then mm-hmm. Miami. And then I don't know if I'd consider that like a high-profile game. It's, it's a fun I mean, I mean, it's a good it's, it's just, it's just going to be a fun one. It's going to be a fun one. That's the type of game that uh, me and Joe might want to go out to. Absolutely. 100%. I think we'll be there. I think we will be there. And then uh, the end of the season is, out, is also going to be crazy. Uh, we actually traveled to LA to play the Lakers and the Clippers on back-to-back nights. So that beginning of the end of the season are in style. That's gonna be fun. CLA. Um, God, there's gonna be some just crazy every night in Stable Center. Every night in Stable Center, there's gonna be some kind of highlight. There's gonna be some oh some high level of a, of intense gameplay. We're gonna it's gonna be interesting. This this NBA offseason has been a crazy one, and I feel like that's kind of been the trend these past couple of years. It's more so changing to a more modern NBA. So we'll see how the, we'll see how those games play out for us. Yeah, and then the other thing I immediately went to was when do we play the Pelicans in Target Center, and it's December eighteenth. We will be That's able not to the see. first game we play them though, right? No. It's uh for it's a, actually I don't know, but that is the first time that Zion will step Zion. foot step into foot Target Center. In Target Center, Zion Williamson. Are we gonna talk about Zion Williamson, or are we just gonna? No, nah, we don't need to talk we about Zion. We're just Williamson? gonna talk about okay. the schedule. That's, that's, gonna, that's another fun one to see too. I mean, obviously, there's so much hype on Zion Williamson. Will he live up to it? I don't know. To some degree, I think he will, but we're not going to talk about Zion Williamson. Actually, I'll say one thing You're about Zion. You're going to say one thing about yeah. Zion? Okay. The, uh, the rookie survey just came out, and okay. this actually correlates to Cam Reddish, too. Or did you see the, uh, did you see the ones? Uh, the, the, was that the survey with the, that the rookies did? Yeah, the rookie yeah, survey. Okay, okay. Yeah, so this is what I was super surprised by, Zion and Cam Reddish included. Zion was projected to win rookie of the year. 
handily. Like okay. I think seventy or eighty percent. Was it the most promising career though? That's what I- the most. The rookies voted on who will have the best career and voted Cam Reddish number one, mm-hmm. and Zion got five percent of the vote. Cam Reddish got fourteen percent, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, I mean it was. I think a lot of other who were the who else was up there. I think Zion was like fifth. Zion honestly. was tied for fifth at five percent. <laughs> so. I don't know. We'll, I mean, we'll see. I feel like that's more so. I don't know because I mean, he has to, he has a jumper, but he needs to develop his jumper. Obviously, I I literally I got one takeaway from that. I think that it was more of a. I don't know. Do you think there's maybe like a little jealousy within the rookie class? Why would, why would know. Zion Williamson? I mean, five percent. Five percent of the vote, and he's one of the highest recruits since. I mean, the highest job. Highest profile draft pick since LeBron James. Yes, 100%. You got 5%. No of question, no questioning that. So that's interesting. Uh, Very interesting. Fifth place. Uh, I don't know. I yeah. feel like the mindset of rookies is more so just to go with the wild. Kind and how about NBA? Curry got zero votes for favorite player in the NBA? You're serious? Yeah, Curry got zero votes. Uh, that's interesting. Uh, that That is extremely I would expect more. Uh, number one was expect, LeBron. I, I would expect more for the second best point guard of all, all time. I agree. You agree? Yeah, I do agree. By by the end of his career, do you think Curry is going to be the best? Yeah, Curry will be the best point guard. I think Curry. All hate aside, I think Curry in the way he shaped the game, I think he will be the best overall point guard, come the end of the of his career. I agree. Sue me. I'm not gonna. Okay, good. I'm glad we're in agreement. Yeah, we'll move on from that. Move on from that. This is the quick quick little hot take for you guys. All right, so moving on, uh, another a couple articles that really interested me in terms of the Timberwolves recently, is ESPN released their real plus minus projection as well as the uh, the 538's Carmelo forecast, okay. which are just two like the most reputable uh, projections for the NBA. It's, reliable. it's two reliable sources, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah, so... If you can hear that, now I'm closer. Oh, we're back. Yeah, so ESPN's real plus minus projected the Timberwolves to be the number 10 seed in the Western Conference, which was pretty much expected, I would say. Okay. At, at 39.5 wins, which is four games above Vegas, or five games above Vegas. So a lot of people are saying the Timberwolves are pretty safe over bet, and I would agree. Um, and this also gives them a 32% chance at making the playoffs. Okay. That seems pretty high. It is pretty high. Um, I think me and you have... Oh, yeah, yeah, my bad. I think me and you have differing takes on if the Wolves are going to make the playoffs or not. Yeah, so 32% was pretty actually pretty high for me. Um, I'm not saying that the Timberwolves will make the playoffs, but I do think that only, according to this... Ladies and gentlemen, the only chance we have at making the playoffs, from my standpoint, is the 8th seed. We are not... Yeah, if that's, you look at I the, agree. Look at, uh, Joe agrees as well. But even with the 8th seed, I mean, are we going to beat out the San Antonio Spurs? I don't know. You look at Greg Popovich and his... He's just it's just Greg Popovich. You're talking about arguably the best coach of all time. I think yeah. a disputed top three best coach of all time. That is a good take because the so, RPM does not factor in coaching, mm-hmm. factors in players. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, mean, I do think that see. this yeah. is a ESPN real plus minus pretty reliable. Thirty two percent chance. I'll take that. But moving on to five thirty eight, which is another very reputable. I'm not exactly sure how they calculate. Yeah. Um, but. They have us at 43 wins, the Minnesota Timberwolves, and a 49% chance of making the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Don't get me wrong, ladies and gentlemen. I would not be extremely shocked if we made the playoffs, but I would be very shocked if we get above the AC if we do make the playoffs. I think the AC, I think the top the top seven in the West is completely set. Yep. I think those are completely set. 
I mean, should we pull, should we pull up the seven teams? Just no, right here. I mean, the top seven teams are set, and then the eight seed will be a battle between the Dallas Mavericks, San Antonio Spurs, Sacramento Kings, and Minnesota Timberwolves. Mm-hmm. Those are teams I feel like we're kind of in the time. same. I mean, look at Sacramento as well. They're going to take a big Fox, step. Marvin um, Bagley. Mar- Marvin Bagley. Uh, Harrison still, right? Barnes. Bogdanovich. Bogdanovich still. Um, I mean. Is Harrison? No, Harrison Barnes is not on the team, is he? Did he move teams? I'm not exactly I'm sure not where Harrison sure. Barnes is at. I don't know. Anyways, those four teams are going to be battling for the eighth spot. Mm-hmm. And these projections really have us a lot higher than the average person would say. Even the average Hold Timberwolves on, fan. Hold on, what are you going to say? I mean. I mean, you could re- you take the Pelicans too. Yeah, the Pelicans I mean, are in that Pel- race. I think the Pelicans are in contention too. I think that's kind of overlooked because more so. Uh, sorry, I'm kind of far away from the, now. I'm back, far away from like now. I'm back, but I mean, I feel like that's more so overlooked because I mean they picked up so many good pieces as well. I mean, you look at their team: Zion Williamson, Lonzo Ball, Josh Hart, Brand. I think Josh, the, I think they need Brandon a year. Ingram. I think our team is is more experienced and better than them right I now. Think, yeah, I think that's the thing that will set them aside. But I think you give them a couple of years, and I think the Pelicans may they have potential. They have good potential to be better than the Wolves, especially you take Zion Williamson. That 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 can completely change a team. A player like that, you see, like it's the same LeBron type hype that we're getting with Zion Williamson. Yeah. So. All right. I, I mean, we'll see. Zion I think, will I think definitely the lead them. Are in contention is two for the AC. They'll lead them to the playoffs in his second year for sure. This year, mm-hmm. I'm not sure, but not sure. yeah. So maybe five teams are in contention for the did AC. LeBron, did LeBron James lead the Cavs to playoffs the first year? No, he, he missed not. one year. One year. Okay, he missed one year. So yeah. Um, those. I, I like, just want I to touch like on that. Gonna, I mean, you're comparing LeBron James to Zion Williamson, but I. Yeah, Zion leading them to, because I think, I mean, I don't know. Would you say Zion's going to be the best player on the Pelicans? Mm, I'd say Drew Holiday's still their best Drew player Holliday, this year. Yeah. I mean, he's very experienced. So, I mean, and he's been, how long? He's been with the Pelicans for a while, too. I mean, he he, yeah. he knows the structure of the New Orleans Pelicans, ladies and gentlemen. I think that has a big impact on a player's um, impact on a team, especially right off the bat. Like, joining a new team, uh, new being implemented into a completely new system. I mean, it's difficult for some players. They have to pick up on new things, especially... Straight from college to the NBA, there is a big difference. Yeah, I think that Zion will have just a small learning curve. I think he's good enough to not have a huge. And I think using his brute, like his brute strength as well in the paint, I think it's going to be more so. He's going to have to dial back. It's not going to be. No, I don't think it's going to be as easy. What do you mean? No, I think it'll be easier. I think guys like. No, I think that it's going to be an easier learning curve than guys like Brandon Ingram. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Who have to grow into their bodies, like, okay, Jack, like yeah. Jackson Hayes. I know what you mean. I know what you mean. I'm just saying it's going to be a little more difficult because you're NBA defenders, obviously. It's, yeah, that's I, what I, mean. I see what you're saying. You're yeah. saying that he used that to his advantage He used that to his advantage college. a lot more in college because he could because he's not playing The thing is, he's defenders. bigger than anyone in the NBA, too. I, I think he can use that to his advantage at the next level as well. And I mean, you take in consideration his speed as well. I mean, that's... He's incredible talent. We'll yeah. see how they go uh, in their first run mm-hmm. in New Orleans. Everyone's going to be new there except yep. for, like, Drew Holiday. So, yeah, yeah I mean... So we'll see if we can make a run for the 18. I think that we'll be in a little bit of contention. Like, the hope will still be alive come okay. February, March. But yep. we're not guaranteed to get a spot there. But I just like those nope, projections. Nope, nope. I, I think those projections, it gives Minnesota fans some hope. But I think we're going to end uh, this section off with, do you think, realistically, do you think the Wolves are going to make the playoffs? For myself, no. And I think it's going to be the San Antonio Spurs. You? Um, I'm going to say No. And I'm actually gonna take the Mavericks. In the I think that's I think that's a very good. Is Kristaps back? Kristaps is 100. percent I mean Luka Doncic as well. Luka I mean, Doncic actually is tied for Towns for the 10th best odds to win MVP. 
There's a little, really? there's a little factoid for okay. you. Okay. Okay. You like that one? Yeah, I like that factoid, especially on the Dallas Mavericks. I mean, Luca's gonna get the most touches. I mean, you're talking about Luka Doncic, yeah. rookie of the year. So hypothetically, they get like the third seed in the West just off of an insane year from Luca. We could see him in the MVP race. I mean, third seed. Uh, I mean, how old is years, how old I mean, is Luca? Twenty one. Derrick Rose was 22 when he got crowned MVP. Oh, okay. Nah, he's not going to. All right, might as well take our MVP picks right now. We're we're doing that? Might as well. Okay. I'm taking Giannis. I think he's... Oh, oh. Taking Giannis again. He's 20. (laughs) Yeah, so he's... He's 20 years old. He's not going to MVP. Uh, yeah, no. I'm taking Giannis. You're taking, real quick. Real quick, right off the bat. (sighs) That's a tough one. That's a really tough one. Because everyone's got a um, duo this year. It's interesting. It, it makes it interesting because yeah, there's a duo. And I'm Jokic. Gonna ha- I'm going to have to... Uh, Jokic, I'm most definitely going to take Giannis over Jokic. And I'm, I'm going to have to agree with you, Giannis Antetokounmpo. Okay. You look at the duos too, like LeBron James, Anthony Davis. You really think... Steph I mean, Curry. Steph Curry. I mean, Could Clay, win it. Steph Curry has a chance at it, yeah. I mean, that's kind of... I mean, that's kind of overlooked as well. I think I think people... I think Curry is a lot... Is somewhat underappreciated. To some degree. I feel like there's just a lot Right of now, maybe. Right yeah. now, maybe. I'm just saying, just there's just so much hate, and I don't know, just this kind of despise towards Stephen Curry, but I don't know. I think that kind of neglects him. Like, being, he's not out of the MVP race by any means. I think the the main reason is, like, people think he's not a great defender, which he isn't. He's not the best defender. But he but is, not. like, just an incredible talent, changed the game, and won the finals with the same core players that he has this year. Obviously, their bench is going to be pretty weak. And I, that's why I don't think I mean, they have a chance gonna, in the I finals. I mean, you got to respect the loyalty as well. I mean, obviously, it was kind of easy for him. Yeah, he's the longest-tenured player in the NBA. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I respect him 100%. Let's move on, though. Okay, yeah, we're kind of on track again. Um, Let's go with this big, is another thing I wrote down. Biggest surprise for the Minnesota Timberwolves this year. What do you think it's going to be? Biggest surprise? Um, do you want to say this, Joe? I, cause I mean, you, yeah. Sorry, I, you can start off. Okay. I had an idea for this one, and I think it's going to be Wigan, Wigan, Andrew Wiggins' breakout year. Okay. Now, let me tell you why, okay? He got the big contract and then underperformed for for two years. And that's why most people, especially in Minnesota, are really down on him. Yeah. Because he was number one pick, because he's making a max deal. Um, but here's the thing. I, I remember, mean, it's expected for that hate to be associated with him when he's yeah, performing not, to a max level contract by any means. Like, yes. Minnesota players, we, we relate to your, your hate towards Andrew Wiggins, at least. Yeah, from, from his career. Yes, but let me get to you why I think he's going to break out this year. Okay. Throw it back to 2016-17 season. Mm-hmm. Now, I saw Sam Mitchell on ESPN. He's not coaching anymore. He's just talking sports <laughs> like us. <laughs> All right, continue. <laughs> and he was talking about how Andrew Wiggins is a type of play. He's a very interesting uh, personality. He's not the type of guy that you can coach and improve by the style, the, pretty much he was saying the style that Tom Thibodeau had. The, okay. sc- the scream in your face, do better, just work you until you die attitude towards Andrew Wiggins, and that's not his personality. Sam Mitchell figured out Andrew Wiggins. Ryan Saunders, I think, has the same understanding of who Andrew Wiggins is as well. Okay. Let me just say this. To summarize it for you, Jimmy Butler and Tom Thibodeau were the worst thing to happen to Andrew Wiggins because they were they, their personalities just completely clashed. Hmm. So what I'm going to say is I see 24 points per game out of Andrew Wiggins this year. He averaged 23, I believe, like 23.7 in 2016-17 in his third season in the NBA, and people are like, oh, my God, this dude is going to be mm-hmm. the number one type, number one pick type of player. Okay, yeah. 
So I'm taking Andrew Wiggins to break out this year. No Tibbs, no Butler the whole year. Just Ryan Saunders and the guys. Yep. Going, throwing it back to the 2016-17 season. All right. You look at Andrew Wiggins, ladies and gentlemen, obviously there's a lot of irritation from Minnesota fans, myself included, Joe included as well, um, just in his career in general on the Minnesota Timberwolves. Now, I mean, Joe mentioned with the systems, with the system they've had and, and how the coach has had an effect on him, probably mentally. Um, he's a cool, calm, and collected player. I mean, that's just, that's just kind of his demeanor and just that sort of aggression is just, it's not healthy for his game. Um, weaknesses in Andrew Wiggins, I think he's not, I think he's not reaching his potential of his athleticism. I think he's relying way too much on his mid-range shot, fading mid-range shot, which he has not developed that much. And he needs to start using his athleticism more and also develop a, a somewhat better three-point shot. I feel like, has it improved a little bit? It has, but that sure actually has. leads into my and next I think his, point. I think his confidence as well has improved to some degree with this three-point shot, but the fading mid-ranges and I mean... Oh, man, that's just really irritating. You see him come up the court and just take a mid-range rather than setting up the offense and getting a more set But here's shot. the thing. I think that Brian Saunders, the other thing that Thibodeau did, many people think, I mean, I've just read this. I don't know exactly the, the statistics or the exact system that Thibodeau ran with the Timberwolves, mm-hmm. but he kind of turned Wiggins into a spot-up shooter other than mm-hmm. that's just not his game. I don't think it is either. I think we're going to see ISO Wiggins this year. You think so? I, I think that we're going to see him attacking. I think that our system is going to be a little bit more like Houston's is. Okay. We have yeah. Gerson, who's from Houston. Um, his system is layups and threes. Mm-hmm. That's not Andrew Wiggins' game right now. Correct. But I think he's going to go back to being the guy who's going to drive, drive it to the hoop and get to the free throw line and score 24 points per game. Yeah, he's, he's relying way too much on these mid-range shots that are just not... It's just not effective for his game, and it's just making him become a less efficient player. And I think he could be a more, just a, a much better impact for the Minnesota Timberwolves if he relied more on his athleticism. Because, I mean, you see his explosiveness. It's, it's ridiculous. And, I mean, you see, you see him last year. I mean, he never really showed off his athleticism or used it that much. Yeah, the only, like, one highlight comes to mind. Is against the, um, the Pelicans. The right? Pelicans. The when Pelicans. Towns blocked, we were at the game. Yeah, we were at the game. Uh, Carlton Towns with the huge block, Wiggins with the poster. Mm-hmm. But you look back in history, I mean, you saw a lot more drives. Yes. And you saw dunks on Rudy Gobert. Ladies and gentlemen, look up Andrew Wiggins' high school mixtape and look at his explosiveness. That's exactly. the kind of explosiveness we need out of Andrew And that is Wiggins. explosiveness we will see this upcoming season when Wiggins averages 24 points per game. That's my biggest surprise of the year. There you go. There you ha- Do you have one? Uh, off the top of my head, I really don't. That's, gonna, that's probably going to do it then. Yeah. I think I we mean, probably I covered really, it. I feel like... I feel like Joe's Wiggins breakout of the year. I feel like that's a really good. I feel like it's a really big surprise, and I feel like Wiggins is being kind of overlooked as potentially being an NBA All Star. We will see. Who knows? He's, Who he's gonna knows? have to do a lot. He's gonna have to do a lot. But I think, I think, under the right coaching and with the right system, I think, I think he has potential. I'm telling you, you, th- you, you're, you're calling us crazy just because I, you may think we're saying this just because we're Timberwolves fans. Look up Andrew Wiggins hoop mixtape high school. Look it up. Watch the video. Come back. That's all we got to say. All right, that's going to do it, boys. We're hitting around 40 minutes right now. It's about our goal. So yep. covered everything today. Off-season recap. We covered the schedule, the yep. draft, the projections. We're going to be fighting for that eight seed mm-hmm. and Wiggins breakout year. Yep.
Thank you guys for tuning in. Um, stay tuned. This was just the first one, but we got a lot more in store. We got a lot of surprise guests coming on. Should we mention it or should we mention it? Yeah, I mean, we can mention it. You want to mention it? Yeah, so... Okay. We, actually, I'm not uh, going to say who, but we, we do have some... Uh, okay, yeah, yeah. I think like it's good not to specify. At yeah, least our gopher podcasts are going to be pretty crazy. Yep. And then we also have some Timberwolves guests coming on in the future. But right now, it's just going to be me and Nolan. Yep. We're signing off for today. That was the first ever episode of the Atlanta 10,000 Hoops. Mm -hmm. See you guys appreciate, next time. Appreciate you guys for doing that.